Welcome to the Mind Over Matter podcast with Heather Hakes, where mindset is everything. Thank you for joining me and tuning into this podcast. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe and share this episode with your friends. This podcast is here to open your awareness. I want to provide you with tactical teachings on how to master your mindset, create your ideal reality, overcome obstacles, and leverage adversity. And most importantly, it's to help you realize that you are in total control of your reality. My hope? To inspire and motivate you to keep going. And no matter what, it's all about mind over matter. Be sure to check out my website, heatherhakes.com, where I offer you a free video training on how to get unstuck and create lasting change. Again, that's heatherhakes.com and opt into my free video training. Without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to episode number 261. Today, I'm stoked to share with you all about how to eat that frog, 12 ways to stop procrastinating. Welcome to today's interview. I brought on Dr. Ellen Fitzenreiter. Dr. Ellen, welcome. Thank you so much, Cheller. Thanks for having, thanks for joining me. Give the listeners a little background. Where do you live and what do you do? Um, Well, I've been a chiropractor for almost 30 years and I currently live in Norfolk, Virginia and um, um, have recently transitioned to going from a traditional practice like chiropractors due to um, online coaching for my colleagues. Well, and it's, it's definitely interesting, your background, because I, I do want you to give a little background of what you were doing and then how you've transitioned, transitioned into your current role. Mm-hmm. Um, well, in 2018, um, myself and a, several dozen other chiropractors in Virginia were um, subjected to an audit by one of our larger insurance carriers. And with, when that happens, it basically halts your cash flow for months on end. And um, let's just say there were some unsavory and unjust things that happened on the part of the insurance carrier. And here you are, this, this little mild-mannered healthcare provider you're trying to take care of your people, and you're up against, um, I don't know, the four, the four primary insurance carriers in the nation are among the top 30 income revenue-producing businesses in the country out of all businesses. So when it's you up against an insurance carrier, it's very much David and Goliath. And um, that's very much what it felt like. And um, it was the hardest thing I ever went through professionally in almost 30 years. Um, It was devastating to my office. It was devastating to my family. I ended up having to sell my office. I watched my colleagues, just a dozen colleagues who shared with me between myself and the 12 of them, we lost over a million dollars. One chiropractor, you know, she had to close her office, turn the key, walk away. And I was fortunate enough to sell my office. But after that happened, I learned so much after the fact of what we could have done, what information wasn't out there for us, Um, What help wasn't there, we reached out to experts and professionals and specialists, and no one was able to give us the answers that we needed to get through what we were going through as it was happening until, until it was too late. And I decided to become that person to help my colleagues to keep that from happening from others going forward. 
Well, and what I want to share is, yes, I mean, you, you have, well, or you are overcoming something you probably never planned for and you're paving this path. And so I would love to share your experience of how do you overcome obstacles and leverage adversity when resources aren't there? How do you, you know, what are the steps to take? Because I'm sure other people, if they haven't, they will come up against a challenge or obstacle that, you know, they don't know what to do from here. So where do you begin? They, uh, it, it almost, it seems like it's so overwhelming. How, how do you do that? And I had lots of conversations with my colleagues. I was very open sharing about something that professionally, a lot of uh, my colleagues weren't, weren't comfortable sharing about because it's about our offices and cash flow and, um, and it, I guess tend to be private about that or ashamed, or you're going through something that you're ashamed about and you don't want to share with your circle or your friends. And I was like, this is wrong. What happened to myself and my colleagues was wrong. And I put my ego aside and I was the one who was talking about the thing that nobody was talking about that was devastating, uh, not just chiropractors, but other healthcare providers also. Um, so I started posting about it and I started getting emails. And before I sold my office, my colleagues were calling my office, please, can I talk to Dr. Ellen? She, she needs to help me with this. And I all of a sudden had this mailing list of about a hundred emails of everybody who wanted to hear how to go through what I was going through. And that's how I ended up doing that. But I had lots and lots of conversations. I spoke to everybody. I reached out. And again, I found that um, there really wasn't anybody who had been through what I had been through that was helping my colleagues go through the same thing. And um, I said, if there's anything that I can do to prevent somebody else from suffering through this horrible thing, it just, it, it, like I said, it just seems so unfair and unjust, and I couldn't just walk away and not doing anything about it. What's really important that you shared is that you talked about it, because I know a lot of people, it's like they, they have shame or guilt, or they want to internalize, and then to keep that all in is actually more suffering. So what made you want to talk about it and look for, look for options and, and figure this out? Because like others, you could have just closed your doors and... and you know, woe is and, me. Yes. And let this keep happening over and over and over and over again. And um, there's just, I guess it's a drive inside that if I can not even just, just help some, this is beyond helping someone else. It's the, the more I spoke to people, the more I realized I was, I was getting unique knowledge because they would share with me individually and together we would commiserate and support each other. And that was very helpful. And at the same time, it helped me gather information about what happened over here and what happened, what happened over there. So I don't know if that was exactly what you, what you had asked. Yeah, you created a community. But I think something yes. that we, we touched on previously is this whole how to avoid the school of hard knocks. Pardon the interruption. Do you ever feel lost or find yourself stuck in a rut? You want change. Maybe it's more money, better relationships, your health, etc. But you don't know where to start. 
I get it. I've been there. If you're ready to take the leap and actually make change and progress in your life, I offer a free discovery call to see if my one-on-one coaching program is right for you. Visit heatherhakes.com forward slash coaching for more information and to schedule your call. Now back to regular programming. Because I think anytime we've gone through a struggle and I, and I know that's definitely why I've stepped into coaching and, and what I'm doing is because I know what it was like to go through a tough time, a dark period, my own rock bottom. And I want to shortcut other people from experiencing the same quote, the school of hard knocks. So what is your advice to, to, if you can avoid that or to shortcut the pain or the suffering or what would you tell somebody? Sure. Well, number one, I would say is you can never avoid the school of hard knocks completely. It's like stuff happens. And it's really easy to get over, especially when it's something, it, if it's, it might be the largest thing that's ever happened to you professionally or personally. And the first reaction is to just wake up the next morning and keep going. But at some point you need to, uh, and I, I use the term triage for my colleagues because they understand understand that um, in an emergency room, triage means if you have 10 people who come in the door, you find the one who's closest to dying and you help that person first. And after that, so you're locating the one crucial important thing you need to act on and or to find information about and do something about it uh, instead of just staying paralyzed when you're overwhelmed. And that's, and also don't beat yourself up for initially not doing that because it's, it's a bit of a shock to go through something, something so horrible, but some morning you have to wake up, you put your feet on the floor and you say, I'm going to do about, do something about this. I'm, I have to act in some way. If you don't know how, what to do, find community, find somebody who can help you identify those things and help you act. But if you don't act, you're not going to get out of that thing, whatever that thing is. Okay. That is so powerful because I've experienced it myself, but, and I know everyone can relate to procrastinating. At some point you have procrastinated or avoided or gotten distracted, hint, hint, scrolling social media, distracting yourself from what you need to be doing. So in order to dig yourself out of maybe if you feel like you're in a hole or to get unstuck, what do you do to get all of the tasks or even to figure out if you're in the triage, where to begin? Like, how do you figure out the 10 or 20 steps you need to do in order to where you even start? Um, I'm a big fan of pad and paper (laughs) and um, make a list of everything that you could do that you need to do, whether or not you can, if, if something might be expensive or something, you may not have the resources, that doesn't matter. You make a list of everything that you could do to address the problem. Mm. And from there, you can, you know, group things into, you know, things that are related to each other, but you have to identify what is the one thing that I could choose to act on today 
uh, don't try to do 50 things at once because you end up not be number one, you can't do 50 things at once and you get distracted and you lose focus. Identify the one thing on that list that if you started doing that today and you kept acting upon it until it was finished, that it would make meaningful change. And what I did, and I actually created a course for my colleagues about, and I had identified four areas for them to train themselves in, in their documentation to keep this from happening. And that's my course. I ended up creating this whole online uh, course to teach my colleagues how to get through what I went through from somebody who it happened to. And there's four key areas. First, you do this. I've, I've identified it for them. First, you do this. You do that till you're done. Second, you do this. You do that till you're done. And so, so forth. So I would have somebody, regardless of what profession they're in, you identify those top four things. You address the first thing till it's done. Second thing, third thing, fourth thing. I love that. Because I know a lot of people think that multitasking is the way to go. And I used to think I was a phenomenal multitasker, but then I was just dabbling or half-assing many things. And now for me, if I focus and I go all in on, I think what you're saying, the one thing, I can crush it and do it well and feel good about it to be able to move on to the next. Yes. I, I, I was really bad about making lists and there's that one horrible, really hard thing that you don't want to do you know it's really important, but yeah. it's you know how hard it's going to be. So you'll do some small things first so you can cross them off your list. And I had to stop doing that because there will always be small things on your list. Yeah. There, there's a book out there called Eat That Frog. And that's it. Is the, You pick that one thing no matter how hard and how big it is and you start it and until you're done. What would you recommend for self-discipline or, or do you have a morning routine? What helps you to gain clarity and then to go do the one thing, even if you don't want to do it? <laughs> do the thing. Yes, exactly. Um, it's self-discipline is a constant battle. And part of my work is on social media. And so here you're on the device that has the siren song calling to you to see what's scrolling on Facebook um, or, or wherever. And it just, it takes constant discipline to, uh, and reminders and nobody can make you do that. You just, you need to decide that what you need to do is more important. And then that, then that, it's just, it's hard. It's hard. They call it, it they call games and social media addictive for a reason. Um, when you, when you build a video game, they say, what can we do to make it more addictive? They deliver their algorithms, their whole, the way they present everything. It's, it's meant to suck you in and distract you from doing what you need to do. You need to be, to realize that and don't let them do it. Don't, don't let that happen. Something that has helped me lately with self-discipline, and and I forget where I heard this, but it's understanding the difference between a short-term satisfaction and a long-term gain. So for example, if you want to lose weight, yes, eating that cupcake or the cake or dessert, whatever, right now is going to taste good, but it's going to continue to keep you away from your long-term goal. So for me, if the discipline is giving up those, those 
instant gratification, those short-lived moments so that I can have the long-term. So it is shutting down the social media, even though it might feel good in that moment. Scrolling is keeping me away from whatever goal I'm trying to reach. It's keeping me away from the focus of doing the thing I want to do. So I had to get that straight in my mind. Okay, is it the short-term satisfaction I want or the long-term gain? Absolutely. And I, I post reminders on, I have a cork board on a wall where I have reminders of what I want to attain, what that big thing is. Um, I have an app on my phone that you, you plant a tree and then you give it time and you have to put it down. And if you pick it up, you kill your tree. And <laughs> because it's, it's, I don't remember what it's called. So, but so, uh, and you don't kill the tree. So once you put your phone down, you know, you can't touch it. And it sounds sort of like simple and maybe I should be more disciplined that I don't need an app to do that, but they make apps like that for a, re- for a reason. Yeah. And that will give me one hours of undivided time. I'll tell family, uh, the only people who will answer my phone to who will get through that block, you have that block setting on your, but my, my daughters, it's like, don't call me between this period of time and this period of time because it's an emergency because please help me do this. Um, just, it's an ongoing struggle. Yes. So yeah, part of that is setting boundaries. And for me, it's scheduling. When I schedule it in my calendar, it gets done. If I don't schedule, if I don't block out that time, that's difficult. So question for you, do you have some sort of routine that you set yourself up for? I know a lot of people, maybe every Sunday night, they look at the week ahead or, or every night before bed, they're planning their next day. Like, what is your routine? Um, I do make lots of paper lists and um, not of 50 things. That's more, that's brainstorming. And um, if there's something on my mind at the end of the day, I will ruminate over it all night long if, if I don't write it down. And so I'll write down what I want to be addressing the next day or the rest of the week so I can so I can sleep at night. Otherwise, I know that's, that's, that's what, what my brain will do. Um, I find when I exercise um, something repetitious like walking or running or swimming, that helps me. I'll, I'll sort of process and plan as I do that. Um, I've gotten really, I've spent money on expensive planners that have like, let's do this this month and this quarter and this year. And um, maybe I stink at that because I didn't find that as effective as um, as addressing things on a week by week basis, but always, you know, always brainstorm for that first list of the things that you have to do when you have to do it by, if you don't have, you talked about scheduling, if you don't give yourself a deadline and give yourself an open end, it just may not ever happen because you're not, um, committing to that. You're, it's not, you're not, and maybe you need an accountability buddy that might help also. Yeah. Okay, so then question for you and something that we've touched on previously, listening to this podcast is great, but knowledge is not power, action is. So what advice do you give people to implement what you're sharing? Um, So it turns out that what I'm trying to teach my colleagues, it's the thing that they have to do. And it's the thing that's the least fun of anything that they can do during their day. It's really insurance documentation is, is it's, it's like the root canal, um, but they have to do that. And go ahead. You're like, no, you're fine. 
Okay. And say there you see your question the way that you said well, it's it just it's, it's the whole thing of they can listen to this and be like oh yeah she's got some really great points i should have routine or yes. or self-discipline cool but yes. just listening and not implementing is not going to get you anywhere so how do you sure. actually implement what we're teaching sure um i would look whatever it is that you're struggling with i would look back six months i would look back a year and if you were get if you were struggling with the same thing then Whatever solutions you think you've been working on to solve that problem aren't working. And you clearly need to find another direction to do that. Either either whatever what it is is not working or you're not acting upon what you know you should be doing. And you, you draw the line on the sand. Just say, you know, there's, there's an old movie. You would open up the window at night. I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. It's like, you know what? I am tired of this thing that's in my life and I refuse to let it have power over me any longer. No one can do that for you. You must do that. And the only way you're going to do that is figure out action steps you can and should take and then you actually have to take them. Otherwise, six months, a year from now, you're going to be in the same place with the same problem. Oh, preach. And you know what else <laughs> I love about that is, and, and something I, I really hammer down, is it's consistent winning habits. It's taking one step every day, just forward progress one step a day. Because I think a lot of people think, oh my gosh, in order to make a huge, a quantum leap, I'm going to have to, you know, that's why New Year's resolutions fail. You're taking sure. on way too much to just da daily progress. So I think it goes back to doing the one thing, but consistent habits. Yes. You yes. can't do it once. I, I would also say that a lot of times people, there's some self-sabotage for some people. It's like, well, I'm not that person who can act consistently. I'm not that person to do that thing. It's like, you know what? You can, you can become that person. And um, there's so much coaching out there. There's so many books out there about transforming your mindset. And that's what you do. That's what you do, Heather. Um, transform your mindset to help you become that person. The only person saying that you can't be that person is you. And if you've got people around you who are saying that, they don't need to be around you. Yeah, you nailed it. Because that's actually something I've heard multiple times in the last week. Somebody telling me, a client, a friend that, well, you know, this is just how I've done it for 20 years. This is just me. And I call bullshit. That's just a narrative you have on replay that you can't change or this is just you. So, there, you know, there, there's something inside of me from all the way back when I was a, a younger girl. And when somebody said there's something I couldn't do, I was like, watch me, watch me. And when I started fighting this huge insurance carrier, just me, everybody's out like, well, you know what? You can't do that. Mm. It's just you. This is too big. And I'm like, you know what? It's wrong. It, they are go, they, they, they're going to keep doing that, this, and I'm going to do something about it. And I'm, I'm still fighting that fight. But, but yeah, but you had the determination. And for you, it sounds like when someone says you can't, you're like, watch me. Watch me. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So question for you, what is one key takeaway you want listeners to get from our conversation? Um, act. There's, 
there's a million things you can do, should do, want to do. And you can have all the lists that you want. I talked about making lists and pick one thing and act on something that will create the transformation that you are looking to bring about. Yes. I love that message. Mm-hmm. Great. Okay. So to wrap up the interview, I have a couple of rap- rapid fire questions for you. Okay. The first one being, what is a quote or motto that you live by? Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's like a quiz. Um, Oh, I I can't even think of one. I just I just I'm getting ready to sell my house. I took all of my quotes down last night, and um, I just anytime something comes across, I just take a note card and I take a big black sharpie and I write it and I and I plaster it up on the board. So I, I, I there is no one. There is no one. What about the one on your wall behind you? Oh, that's it. There you go. Be awesome today. So this is where I do my own webinars and courses for my my uh, chiropractic colleagues. And when you're doing the thing you don't want to do, it's really hard to be, you know, woe is me or this stinks or have a pity party or this is so hard. And it's like, you know what? There, but it's something that you have to do. And so be, do it and be awesome at the same time. Figure out some way to do that. Fair enough. What is the book you're currently reading or highly recommend? Okay. Um, I just read Eat That Frog. I just, um, about getting things done and prioritizing, which I didn't, I thought I'm pretty good at getting things done. And there's something in it for everybody, I think. And I think it's Brian Tracy, if I'm not mistaken. And I, I've, I've been seeing this more recently, but can you just give a, a quick overview? What does that mean to eat the frog? Um, the frog is the biggest, hardest thing that you know you need to do and just do that thing. Don't do the little things. Don't check off, oh, I folded the laundry when you know that you have to set up something with your mortgage company or something that is, is like a fire. All of us have things in our lives that need actionable motion uh, right now and still will find some way to be distracted by the little things. And so the frog is, what is that thing? And in the, in the, in the broader sense of transforming your life is what is the thing you need to do that will help, that will take you on that first step to transformation? And no matter how hard it is, because usually when it's usually it's hard, which is why you haven't done it. And you just have to wake up one morning and decide to eat the frog. <laughs> okay. Love that. Yeah. Final question for you. What advice would you give your younger self? Oh my goodness. Um, I would say, um, don't beat yourself up too hard that, um, when things, when things initially happen that are a struggle or, um, an impediment in your way, initially it's, you have to regroup, you have to feed yourself good food. You have to, um, in Buddhism, they have, um, five precepts and one of them is mindful consumption. And consumption doesn't just mean food. It's what you, your brain consumes. It's what you expose yourself to. It's people 
whether they're positive people who build you up or toxic people. Um, just being aware of what you surround yourself um, by and consume in that way, um, it, it has a huge impact on, on your mindset. So, um, and I, I always tried to live by, by that. You can slip back from time to time. My tendency is to kind of beat myself up when I don't live up to my own expectations. And um, it's like, you know what? All right, give yourself five minutes of this is really hard and I'm doing this all by myself. Um, and then, you know what, you know, suck it up and get going again. Yeah. So I, and what you're sharing there is to feel it, give yourself that moment to feel your emotions, feel the pain, the discomfort, and then begin again. Yes. Yes. And it's okay to feel that for my tendency was to like, Oh, I should be stronger than this. I should be, I should be. And, um, it would be beating myself up a little bit. And so, um, get over that. You, it's okay to nurture yourself through that. As long as you don't stay in that place and wallow in it. There's uh, one last note. Something I always say to that is stop shooting all over yourself. There you go. Yeah. I've yeah. heard that too. What it's a probably great note. on my wall. <laughs> yeah. What a great note to end on. Dr. Ellen, thank you so much mm-hmm. for joining me today. Okay. Thank you so much. It was great to be here. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Be sure to sign up for my free video training on how to get unstuck and create lasting change at heatherhakes.com. And I'd love to connect with you on the social platforms. You can find me on Instagram at heather.hakes, Facebook, Heather Hakes, and YouTube. Guess what? You got it. Heather Hakes. I'll catch you on the next episode.